0: Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord, that we can worship you today. You are the almighty God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We love you. We seek your face. We want to know you more, and we want to really serve you and become more like you, Lord. We ask, Lord, that your hand shall be upon everyone who is worshiping you right now, and you shall bless them and heal their sickness, and give them, Lord, freedom, liberty. Give them prosperity, success, and fruitfulness, Father. We pray that your grace shall be poured upon them, Lord. And we want to really honor you and glorify your name in this generation, Father. We ask you, Lord, that you will speak to all of us through your word by your Holy Spirit, Your spirit is our teacher, and we love your word. We want to be doers of your word, Father. We thank you so much, Lord, for your presence, for your anointing, for your grace and mercy upon us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Wow, so glad that we can really worship the Lord together this morning. I would like to encourage you with the Word of God. I would like to continue to talk about shining, excellent character. In other words, we want to become like Jesus Christ. In the past teachings, we learned that it's God's will for all of us to grow spiritually and to attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And we also learn from the scripture that We do our part by desiring to become more like Jesus. But God does his part by sending the spirit of grace to live inside us, to dwell inside us and perform miracles and signs and wonders and empower us so that we can become more like Jesus Christ. Last time we learned, what does the grace of God do in our life? And now we would like to read some scripture to see example of the people in the Old Testament and the New Testament, that all these servants of God really depend on the grace of God. I would like to talk first about the man named Noah. You know that Noah was just a man and perfect in his generations. And Noah really walked with God. I believe you are that kind of person too. You are perfect in this generation you really fear God and you want to please God and you really have a personal relationship with God. Look at what happened to Noah in Genesis chapter 6, verses 7 to 8. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air. For I am sorry that I have made them. At that time, in that generation, all people on the earth were sinning and rebellious against God. But, verse 8 Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Brother and sister, it's so important in this time of the pandemic, pestilence around the world, that we make a decision that we will follow God, walk up rightly before the eyes of God. God is pleased with us. We want to become more like Jesus. We want to live for the kingdom and serve the Lord. And as we make the decision and we live that way, the life of righteousness and the life of holiness, the life of reverent fear toward the Lord, we can experience the grace of protection and the grace of deliverance like Noah. Noah and his family were not killed by the flood. Today, I believe you all follow God. You all love God. You make a decision to become more like Jesus Christ. You can find grace in the eyes of the Lord, and the protection of the Lord shall be upon you. Look at the best example of a human being on earth 2,000 years ago. Look chapter 2, verse 40. And the child, mean the Lord Jesus, grew and became strong in spirit. Wow, I like to be like Jesus. I want to be strong in my spirit. I want to be the soldier of Christ. I don't want to be baby, weak Christian forever. I want to be mature. And I pray that the brother and sister who are listening to this teaching have the same desire. You want to be strong in your spirit, filled with wisdom. I want that too. And the grace of God was upon him. Oh, I believe that the grace of God is upon all of you who wants to become like Christ. Live for God. Your food is to do the will of your Father in this generation. Look at all the apostles in the New Testament time. Acts chapter 4, verse 33. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And great grace was upon them all. I like that. Great grace is upon all the members of New Hope International Church all the brothers and sisters who love the Father of God, who love Jesus all over the world. And sickness and disease and bad things cannot touch us, and we have the power of the Holy Spirit on us, and we can go out to pray for the sick and help people and preach the gospel like the disciples and apostles in the early church time. God is not respecter of people. If God can show His grace to the apostle in the early church time, in this generation, in the 21st century, we can have great grace upon all of us as well. Christians in the early church really experiences the grace of God. In Acts chapter 11, verse 23, this scripture talk about Barnabas. When he, or Barnabas, came and has seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them, them the believers at Antioch, all that with purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. My brothers and sisters, let us make a decision to grow up spiritually, to walk with the Lord faithfully, to seek holiness and righteousness, to live a life that is pleasing the Lord and really know God and want to do His will. And you will have the personal experience of the grace of God upon your life. The grace of God include power to change you, provision, that actually the grace of God means that God is so merciful even though we are not perfect and we sometimes make some mistake, but because of His mercy, He sent the Holy Spirit to help us every day. The Holy Spirit is our helper and He's our leader and guide. The grace of God also demonstrates in the area of provision, God will lead you to be the right place at the right time. God would say to you, don't go there because he knows that coronavirus is there. Don't show up in that building. He will guide you. He warned you. The grace of God includes warnings from the Lord, the angels who came to protect you, the canopy of God. The grace of God includes power to preach, to serve, to demonstrate the goodness of God in this earth. The grace of God includes wisdom, and direction, and also open door, bring in people who will help you and guide you. The grace of God includes all kinds of things, wisdom, grace, peace, and joy, healing, health, deliverance. We can experience the grace of God when we make a decision that I want to follow God wholeheartedly. The Apostle Paul also served the Lord by depending on the grace of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, this is what the Apostle Paul said. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Wow, we can say that, you know, I'm a human being. I'm not perfect. I want to become like Christ. I want to serve the Lord. I want to live for God. And the grace of God is on me. That's why I can be such a good teacher in the school. I can be a good servant in the church. I can be a good nurse. I can be a supernatural businessman. I can do good business. I can help my customer. I can do all this great thing because the grace of God is on me. Brother and sister, I would like to encourage you every day from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. When you wake up and eat breakfast, you drive out of the house, you go to work, you meet your customer, you meet your students, you meet your teacher, whatever you in your heart say, in your heart, you believe, I depend on the grace of God. I'm going to be humble. I'm going to give glory only to Jesus because God gives grace to the humble. If you realize that you're not great by yourself, you're not try to be wonderful by your own strength, but you depend on his help, he will give grace to you. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, talk about a minister in that generation, Timothy, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You can see that the Apostle Paul wrote the letter to his brother, In the Lord, Timothy, who served God in that generation with Paul. And he said, hey, he did not say that be strong in your good looking, in your handsomeness. Be strong in your voice that you can preach so loud. And you have many, many diploma from the Bible school. No, no, no. He said, be strong in the grace that come to you through Christ Jesus. We should live that way. I'm going to depend on the grace of God. Right now, I tell you, I'm depending on the grace of God because English is my mother tongue language. It's not easy for me to preach in English, but God give grace to me to be able to speak to you in the English language. It's not easy for me at all, but I depend on the grace of God. I can become a good neurosurgeon by the grace of God. I can be a good husband to Pasada by the grace of God. Now, we're going to learn together how we should respond to the grace of God. At this point, we realize that we need the grace of God to live, to move, to travel, to serve, to work, to run the church, to lead our home, to do our job at work. Anything in our life, we want the grace of God to help us so that we can walk like Jesus, so that we can fulfill the calling in our life, so that we can get to the destiny that God has called us to go. But we have to do our part. I learned from the Bible that anything in life, including healing, protection, provision from God, there are always two parts. The manward part, if you listen to the teaching that God gave to me regarding divine protection, you'll learn that you have to do your part In obtaining divine protection. God's will is that he want to protect you, guide you, and keep you. He will do his part for sure if you do your part. So many good Christians don't understand that. And they have a so-called religion called no-fault religion. I don't need to do anything. God will only do his part. No, no, no. You need to do your part. You need to obey God and respond to God. Now, if we want to really receive the grace and walk like Jesus, grow up spiritually and become effective, blessed, fruitful, and juice of God and run our race to the end, we need to respond to the grace of God in the right way. I'm going to read some scripture here to show you that there are two kinds of responses from human beings, from believers. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, the Bible says, See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up in your heart to cause trouble and defile many. Yes, we receive the grace of God. God wants to give us grace so that we can walk a Christian life, walk the walk of faith, so that we can grow up, so that we can have victory, and we can serve the Lord. But we need to respond to the grace of God in the right way. In this scripture, you can see that the Bible warns us that we should not miss the grace of God. In other words, God give us good things into our life, into our hand, and we just ignore that good thing and put it away and don't even use it for the will of God in our life. We should use What God gives to us in every situation so that he can be a partner with us in growing, serving, providing, helping people, and to do anything. And so that we can grow spiritually and we can become the representative of Jesus Christ. We can be the salt and the light to this world. We can shine the excellent character to people around us. When people see us, they see The Lord Jesus through our life. That's why as believers, we need to do our part by being hungry for the touch of the Holy Spirit. We need to be thirsty and hungry for the fire of God, for the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit, the spirit of grace to do his work, his ministry in our life. I would like to encourage all of you to be hungry for the touch of God, the Spirit of God, from today on until the day Jesus takes you up to heaven. Or maybe the day of rapture, who knows? We need to be hungry for the Spirit. Because the Spirit of God is the divine person who gives us more and more grace. I want more grace. I don't want to miss the grace of God. I don't want to be bitter against God. I don't want to be bitter against people. I want to keep my heart pure and right hunger, thirst for the things of God so that the Spirit of God will graciously purge me from my sin, expel demons out of your life and my life and empower you and me to have the fruit of the Holy Spirit, to be full of wisdom, love, faith, to be full of the blessing, to be full of the grace and the favor of God. We should yield to the Holy Spirit. We walk by the Spirit. There are two ways in our life in responding to the grace of God. And I would like to encourage you to respond in the right way. Let's look at some scripture here talking about responding incorrectly to the grace of God. In the book of Jude, verse 4, For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are godless men who change the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. This scripture talks about people who respond to the grace of God in the wrong way. There are some teachings in the world that tell us that God is so gracious to us. He always forgives us. Jesus already came into the world to die for us. He paid a price for us already, once for all. Therefore, we can sin. We can live loosely. We can do whatever we want because I have grace from God. They determine that the grace of God is a license to live immorality. Or sin, or cheat, or corrupt, or cheat the government, and uh, commit adultery, watching pornography. They can do anything they want because, hey, Jesus died for me. Jesus paid a price for me. I just look at Jesus and say, hey, you forgive me. I'm going to go to heaven anyway. But I tell you, if you continue in sin, what happened? You opened the door of your life. You ever heard about the word gatekeeper? In the Old Testament, there were gatekeepers that will watch the gate of the temple and the door of the temple so that bad people cannot walk in. You and I need to be gatekeepers of the things of God. If we treat the grace of God as a license to sin and we live a loose life we sin, We don't care about lying, cheating. We don't care about committing any type of sin, following our own flesh. Actually, we open the door for demons or evil spirits to come in. And eventually, we can be sick. We can lose money. We can lose family. We can get into big trouble, get into accident. We open the door for the coronavirus to come in because I believe coronavirus was sent by the devil. To destroy people and we can be in big trouble, and then what happened? Many people blame God. You cannot blame God if you treat the grace of God as the license to sin. Actually, the grace of God comes from the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit of God gives us the fruit of the Spirit: love, peace, joy, kindness, goodness, holiness, righteousness. If we really Understand the whole meaning of the grace of God. We will not sin against God. Because in fact, the grace of God is given to us so that we can live a holy life. So that we can become like Jesus. Not that we become like Satan or become like the devil. We should not sin. We should depend on the grace of God to walk in a godly way. Some Christian will say like this, you know, God loved me. He always loved me. Even though I am sinning, by His grace, He will always forgive me. And we will never lose my salvation. We don't need to live a holy life. That is the light of hell. brother and sister. yes, you say God loves you, God forgives you, Jesus died for you, Jesus shed His blood on the cross and at the whipping post for you to heal you, to save you. But my question back to you is, do you love God? Do you love God? It's easy to say God loved you. And anybody in the world can say the same thing. God loved me. But the question, do you love God? If you love God, you will not miss the grace of God. You will not abuse the grace of God by using his grace to sin or using his so-called forgiveness and mercy to live a loose life. A lot of people have the wrong meaning of the grace of God. They change the grace of God. Into a license for immorality. Don't do that. So that is a wrong response to the grace of God. Let me read Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, one more time. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defied. Romans chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? These two scriptures talk about people who think that the grace of God just only meaning the forgiveness and the mercy of God. They don't understand that the grace includes power and the holiness of God that helps us to walk like Jesus. And Because they think that the grace is only forgiveness of sin, just the mercy of God. Yes, God is merciful. I have sinned against God and make so many mistakes in my life. I can come to the throne of grace and say, God, could you please forgive me? I will not do this again. Let's start again. You forget all of my sin. You throw my sin in the depth of the sea from the west to the east and you forgive me. Yes, but I repent and I will not do that again. I want to live a life that glorifies Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior. Paul say, hey, Don't continue in sin so that you can say that grace is so abundant in my life. Paul said, don't miss the grace of God. Many people miss the grace of God. They just keep sinning. They just keep doing the thing of the flesh. They try to please their flesh and they miss the grace of God. And because they live in the flesh, they begin to have bitterness against people around them. Bitterness against their parents, their husband, their wife, their children, their co-workers, their pastor, the government. They have bitterness against people because they don't understand that the grace of God is the power of the Holy Spirit to help you to walk uprightly and in righteousness. Galatians chapter 5, verse 4. You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. Many believers don't understand that the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to help them to serve, to be like Christ, to do what Christ did 2,000 years ago. Therefore, they talk against the work of the Holy Spirit. They are against the church that believes in the Holy Spirit. They are against the laying out of hand. When God people get touched by the fire and fall down and laugh and, and God really touched them, they say, oh, I don't need this. I don't want the speaking in tongues. I don't want to be baptized with the fire of God. Because they reject the spirit of grace, they now what to do? They start to walk by the law. So they walk like the Pharisees in religion. They depend on the law. You come to church, you must do this, you should not do that, you must do this, you must not do this. They don't walk by the Spirit. They depend on their own natural ability to follow the law. They use their flesh to run the church. They control people. They begin to have pride because they say, I'm such a good Christian. I can follow all these laws in the Bible. I can do that. I cannot do this. I am such a great Christian. They don't depend on the grace of God. So this is opposite to the first one. The first wrong response is that the person treat the grace of God as the license to immorality. This one, they don't depend on the grace of God at all. But these Christians depend on their own muscle, their own intellect, their own ability to become a good Christian. And they follow the law. They walk by the law. They don't walk by the Spirit. I would like to encourage all of you in this time, in this generation, in this dispensation of the church. God the Father is in heaven. He sits on the throne. God the Son, Jesus, is at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And God the Holy Spirit was sent to the church to dwell in you and me And to be on us, to anoint us. And in this generation, in this dispensation, we are called to walk by the Spirit. Even though we know the law, we don't use our own strength to follow the law. Galatians chapter 5 verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Galatians chapter 5 verse 25. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. My brothers and sisters, since I become a new believer, I really want to become more like Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ is my hero. He's my celebrity. He is perfect man. I love to read about him in the four Gospels. And definitely, I read about many godly men in the Bible, godly women in the Bible, like Esther, Ruth, Joseph, King David, Paul, Elijah, Elisha, they or have some weaknesses in their life, but they try to please God. I want to become like Jesus Christ. Therefore, I study the Bible every day. I read the Bible every day. And anytime the Bible tell me some truth, I will say yes and amen, I agree with God. I need to know the law. I need to know the truth in the Bible. I need to keep listening to the truth because I want the truth to go into my heart, to build faith in my heart, Because I can receive everything from God by faith. I walk by faith. I don't walk by the law. I let the truth come into my heart and I walk by faith and I walk in the Spirit. I follow the Holy Spirit every single minute. I depend on the grace that comes from the Holy Spirit to be loving to my wife, to be wise in taking care of my children, in giving advice to my grandchildren, to have wisdom and understanding and insight in my neurosurgical practice, in treating my patients, in preaching, in leading his church, in being a good friend, a good brother to my Christian brother and sister, to be a good employer, a good boss in my office. I depend on the grace of the Holy Spirit. I don't walk by the law. Anytime I need to make decisions or choices, I listen to the witness inside me. The Holy Spirit will guide me and tell me exactly, specifically what to do in that moment. Should I keep my mouth shut? Should I say something? If I say something, what should I say? Should I do this? Should I go there? I should not go there. I walk in the Spirit. I depend on the grace of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1. We then, as workers together with Him, we work with God, and God in our life is the Holy Spirit. Also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Brothers and sisters, don't put the grace of God on the shelf. Don't bury it under the ground. Don't treat the grace of God just like nothing. Always, every day, 24-7, You depend on the grace of God. You are led by the Spirit. Whatever you do, before I open the back of my patient with the scalpel knife, Lord, give me grace to do this job, that this surgery will be so beautiful. In fact, I shared this testimony this past Friday. One gentleman, he is about 54, 55 years old, was recommended to come to see me for his back pain. This man had two back surgery at another hospital in Seattle. Both surgery did not help him at all. He came out from the first surgery. He's in a couple of days, he had more pain again in the left leg. He went back, the neurosurgeon did again on another level. And after he came out, the pain got worse. Eventually, 15 years ago, this man was sent to a pain doctor for implanting the morphine pump. Morphine pump means you put catheter in your spine and have a battery packed in front of your tummy here, that that pump with the battery will send morphine into your body all the time, and you can control how much. This man suffered from this leg pain for 15 years. He could not have a good, normal life. Eventually, one of my patients referred his friend, this man, to me. I look at the MRI. Wow, the surgery was done in the past. I could not even see much. It was not a good job. But the picture, if you look at it by the eyes of a man like me, oh, I have nothing to help you. Sorry. I think you need to depend on, on this morphine pump. But at that time, I say, God, I need your grace. I feel so bad. You know, I have a lot of mercy for my patients. I listen to people who really suffer from pain for years, and some of them lose their house and get divorced because of the pain and suffering. Some of them had to be on welfare because they could not work anymore. But this man's still working, though. And I look at the picture, and God showed me, hey, this little thing you see in the MRI, fix it. And I was thinking, wow, it's so subtle. But I told him, God spoke to me that I need to fix your back. And I have to do this and this and this and this, exactly what he told me. So two Mondays ago, I took him to the hospital, opened up his back. Oh, very tough surgery because of the scar from the previous surgeon, you know, when you perform surgery and you didn't do a good job, the scar there, very hard to do it again. I've, I spent, wow, many hours, I think three to four hours to fix his back. He woke up from surgery. All the pain that he suffered for 15 years, all gone. He came back to see me this past Tuesday for follow-up two weeks after surgery. He said, Dr. Lau, thank God in your life, the pain that I suffered for 15 years, all gone from my back and leg i did not even have to take any pain pills and i said thank god i told him this is the grace of god the lord led me it's not me because when i look at the picture i was not convinced at the beginning i need to perform surgery thank god for the holy spirit thank god for the spirit of grace thank god that this grace helped me to become a good neurosurgeon and help this man to become pain-free. And now from 55 years old, he can enjoy life now. And in a few months, I will take that morphine pump out of his body and no more morphine in the body. He stopped using it now. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 29. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose? Will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood, of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing and insulted the spirit of grace. One of the wrong ways of responding to the grace of God is to deny, reject, and insult the works of the spirit or the file of God. The one who sanctifies, empowers us to live a holy life and to be fruitful, to have the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and to become more like Jesus Christ. We should not insult or reject the Spirit of God. In this scripture, in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, here, we learn that some believers heard the gospel, heard about the blood of Jesus, that the Lord Jesus Christ shed his blood, pay for their sin, heal their sickness, give grace to them give them the blessing, but even they know that God is so gracious to them, but they begin to be prideful and reject the blood of Jesus and look down on the Holy Spirit. This has happened in the time of Moses. You notice that at the time of Moses, the children of Israel received the law, the Ten Commandments. They saw all the miracles. They saw all the grace of God. Wow, God split the red sea for them, Send them manna, water out of the rock. God protected them from all the plagues. God sent the wind to push the locusts out into the Red Sea to protect them. Wow. If I were them, I would be like, love God so much. God performed so many miracles by His grace to set them free, to release them from slavery. But even though they experience all this grace, by the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, they experience the provision of God. But at one point, they really rebelled against Moses. And they began to complain and say, I want to go back to Egypt. We want to go back there again. Moses, I'm tired of you. You know what happened? Many of them died in the wilderness. Then verse 29 that I just read, talk about that. That some believers really despise the grace of God that Jesus died for them, paid a price for them, shed his blood for them. Jesus healed them. Jesus loved them. And eventually they say, you know, I don't care. I just stay home. I don't go to church. I can just watch some program on the TV at home. I just choose football game. I choose to live very fun life. I don't care. I don't serve God. And eventually they totally walk away from Jesus. And God say, these people will experience the same thing like the children of Israel many thousand years ago. They have tested the grace. They have heard and they have known the power of God, but they reject the grace of God. We should not despise the spirit of grace. We should respond to the grace of God in the right way. In conclusion, three ways of, or three or four ways of how to respond to the grace of God. Number one, totally ignore the grace, miss the grace of God. Two, use the grace of God as a license to immorality. Three, using their own strength, people's own strength to become good and not depending on the grace of God. Four, reject, insult the spirit of grace and walk back into the way of the world. These are four ways of wrong response. To the grace of God now look at the right way to respond to the grace of God in Galatians chapter 2 verse twenty one I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. The Lord Jesus is the demonstration of God's grace. He died for us. he paid the price of sin for us. If you ask me right now, is Passover perfect no sin? completely holy? My answer is no. <laughs> I am not perfect. I still have sin in my life. I still make mistakes all the time. And many times my family, my daughter, my wife, or my friend in the church need to correct me and say, hey, hey, change, change, change. You don't do this. I still make mistakes. That's why I depend on the grace of Jesus who died for me So that I can go to heaven and my sins are forgiven and the righteousness of God is on me. But I receive that righteousness not because I am a great man, but by his grace. And I receive that grace of righteousness through faith. I have faith in Jesus Christ. So the first response, the good response is to receive his grace by faith. I have faith in what Jesus did for me. I'm not perfect. I'm not like Christ yet. i still on the way from glory to glory to become like Christ. I'm going to depend on the grace of God to live a righteous life through faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace toward me was not in vain. But I labor more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. The second way to correctly respond to the grace of god is this god i depend on your grace and i appreciate you i'm thankful to you i love you lord i can be in america today having this studio having all the sound team video team all the equipments i have the church building i have wonderful wife godly wife oh i have wonderful children grandchildren i have a job in america I finished the training at the University of Washington. I have good employees, good clinic, good patients. I still healthy and strong. No virus can touch me. Even though I walk into the hospital so many times where so many people died of coronavirus, but God, you protect me. I can be a neurosurgeon. I can be a pastor like this. I can travel to many countries to preach the gospel. I can be a teacher like this because of your grace. It's not me, your grace. Thank God for your grace. Pastor Dahl liked me even though I was not good looking. When she met me, I have a lot of pimple on my face. But by the grace of God, God blinded her eyes to like me. Even though so many handsome men and richer than me follow her and want to pursue her. But by the grace of God, I can marry her. And she shows me, so God, I really love you. And I really appreciate your grace upon my life. I'm going to labor. I'm going to work hard for you. I'm going to go to church every Sunday. I will travel to help people in the world. If I need to lay hand on 3,000 people, I will lay hand on them so that they can get the grace of God from heaven. I will study very hard to produce good teaching for your people. I will labor, I will work hard for you. I'm not going to just sit around, enjoy the TV program and just live loosely and do whatever I want. I want to say like Jesus, my food is to do the will of the Father because the grace of God is with me. That is the right response. I want to be like Jesus. I want to glorify him. When people look at my life, they put thumb up for Jesus Christ. And they'll put them up for the Father. And they know the Holy Spirit is good. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Spirit. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. I'm gonna preach Jesus Christ. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The good response to the grace is that I want to have more grace. I want to have more measure of the Holy Spirit, I want the fire of God to touch me. I want more anointing. I want more wisdom. The grace of God include what? Receive the help from God. Being protected by God. Receive more peace from God because God is the Prince of Peace. I want more power. I want to be led by the Waymaker, the Holy Spirit. I want to have more wisdom. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit be my sanctifier. I'm going to let Jesus become my deliverer and my helper, purifier. I let him guide me. He's my lover. He will produce fruit in me and through me. I'm going to be hungry for all these things that come by the grace of God. I'm going to receive all these good things through faith. Build my faith, Lord. I'm going to listen to good teaching all the time. I'm going to feed my spirit with the truth so that I can receive healing, protection. I can receive deliverance and wisdom and love and faith and purification and sanctification and power and direction and all kind of good things that all in one box together. The word grace is inclusive word. One box in there, every good thing in there. But how I can receive that? By faith. I can receive grace by grace, through faith. Therefore, I'm going to build my faith, listen to good teaching, build my faith, fill with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to press in and hungry for the Holy Spirit. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. So I want to encourage you. From now on, walk in the Spirit. Follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Want to become like Christ. Make a decision from today on. I'm not going to be a loose Christian, lukewarm Christian, carnal Christian, sinful Christian. I will walk with the Spirit. I will not yield to my flesh. I'm going to depend on the grace of God. I will read the Bible, memorize the Bible, go to church. I will really depend on the grace of God to find my calling. What is my calling in the house of God? For the great commission, I shall faithfully serve God in my church. I will sacrifice my time. I will be a giver. I will sow the seed of my finances, sow the seed of my ability. My spiritual gifts, my time, I want to be like Christ. I'm going to glorify Jesus. I will live a life that honors my God. I will be obedient, child of God. The grace of God will help me. I receive the grace of God to resolve all the problems in my life, to get sin out of me, demon out of me, sinful nature out of me. I want to become like Jesus Christ. I want to be fruitful. I will run the race until I get to the finish line and the destiny that God has for me by grace through faith I will get there and when I get to heaven I will have a big mansion there I will have a big reward in heaven I will have the truck load of rewards in heaven because I walk by grace and eventually before I pass away I just either sit on the couch and disappear just leave my body without heart attack, without cancer, without disease. Or I pray that I and Pastor one day will be lifted up like Enoch or Elijah. We just get up there. I'm not talking about rapture. I'm talking about just go up to heaven like Enoch. And coronavirus cannot touch me. Any flu, any sickness cannot touch me. Because the grace of God is on me. And I want to become like Jesus Christ. Are going to respond to the grace of God. Let me ask you a question after you learn this lesson. How are you going to respond to the grace of God? Second question, what is the grace of God? Who brings the grace of God to you? If the grace of God comes to your home as a big box, what is in there? And you're going to depend on that? Are you going to seek and get hungry to receive more grace from God? How are you going to become like Jesus? Third question, will you Make a decision once for all today that you want to grow up to become like Christ and to do the things like Christ and to represent Christ. Let me read the last scripture here. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. Through this, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. What is his promise? The promise is that he gives you grace. He gives you Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And through the Spirit of grace, you can grow up, be strong, be blessed, be protected, be led, be full of peace, faith, love, joy, success, prosperity, victory, And you will be the representative of Jesus in this generation. Let me pray for you. Father, may the fire of God touch your people. May you give them the increased measure of the spirit of grace. Lord, remind your people not to respond to your grace in the wrong way. Not to use your grace as a license to immorality. Ignoring, missing the grace using their own strength to become godly or to become righteous, depending on the law and not despising the spirit of grace, insulting the spirit of grace, Father. Help all of us in this generation to respond to your grace in the biblical way, that we appreciate your grace, receive more of your grace, increase the faith. We will do our homework to build faith in our heart to receive your grace, And we're going to serve you faithfully. We're going to live for you. And we want to grow up, We're willing to deny our flesh. But we can grow up in the fruit of the Holy Spirit and become like Jesus Christ, Lord. Help all of my brothers and sisters, Lord. Help them. Give them great grace like just you did to the apostles in the book of Acts. Give them more grace just like you did to Noah. And the grace of God shall be upon all of them. The Holy Spirit will be so strong on them, in them, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for spending time with me in this teaching. And if you are not a believer yet, you are not a Christian, I would like to invite you to join the family of God. We are not talking about religion. We are talking about having relationship with the Creator. If you want to do that, believe in your heart and you speak from your mouth with me right now. Follow my prayer. Father in heaven, I admit, Lord, I am a sinner. I need your forgiveness, your grace. Forgive me, Lord, of my sin. Lord Jesus, you are my Savior and my Lord. You were raised from the dead on the third day and invite you Lord to come into my heart right now and I will follow you and confess that you are my Lord my Savior all the days of my life Lord bless me guide me protect me from any deadly disease from attack of the devil from bad people and provide for me use me anoint me thank you lord in jesus name amen congratulation love you god bless you and i will see you again we trust that this message is ministered to you